Welcome to the 20 Podcast. After the club stories and before the club music prep with everything in between. I'm your host, DJ Spider. The 20 Podcast is brought to you by BeatSource, the new digital music service for open format DJs. If you haven't been on there yet, make sure you go check it out. Got to explore the site. We have so much amazing music and curated playlists on there, beatsource.com. And this podcast, the 20 podcast, is a weekly discussion about new releases, DJ experiences, interviews with amazing people in the music industry, and more. And on today's episode, we got a very special guest, okay? This is somebody that is extremely forward-thinking in the music space and in all types of space, tech and business. And uh, he's been a driving force and an ally to DJs and musicians worldwide. He has a really unique understanding of business, tech, and music. And he's been able to tap into that to disrupt the music industry time and time again. Please welcome Beatport and BeatSource CEO, the boss man himself, Rob McDaniels. Give it up. There That's right. Is. Thank you. There thank it is. You. Thank you so much. Honor to be here. Uh, they're, they're still cheering. They're still cheering. Oh, my God. They're standing up. Encore, encore. Okay. <laughs> now I know what it feels like. Yes, that's it. Okay. I know the feeling. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Rob. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, so this is called The 20 Podcast. We want to find out a lot about you, but first, we're talking about The 20 Playlist, which is what sparked this podcast right here. So... Um, we're going to go through songs, and we're going to see. We're not expecting you to know the songs. Thank God. But uh, we are going to hear your opinion on them and see what you think. Um, test my A&R ears. Yes, exactly. We'll test your A&R my ears. old A&R ears. Your okay. old school DJ ears. <laughs> and we want to find out about all that stuff later. But... Um, all right, so let's go over some songs. We want to hear about all of your stuff, past, present, and future, but we're going to get into the 20 podcast. Uh, let's hear music. That's let's what do it's this, all about. Okay? It is what it's all about. This is the 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. All right, there we go. The 20 is a curated playlist of the best new releases of the week on BeatSource. So each episode, we dive into the list. We talk about a few tracks that we like or well, that we hopefully like. Uh, no, obviously, they're all dope if they're on BeatSource and they're on the 20. So check out the full list on BeatSource.com. We have them archived if, you, if you're listening to this later. And let's get into it. First track on there is Coffee featuring Gunna. I like this song. Let's see what you think. Right, it's a good vibe. Got to get my bounce going. Okay, get your bounce. Get the reggae vibe. Sounding good. I'll fast forward a little bit. We can hear some more. So this is Coffee. It's it's uh, her follow-up single to um, this huge hit she had called Toast, which was she was kind of uh, somewhat unknown, I think, but it's become like a huge worldwide 
I hit. That's a theme there, yes. yes. Yes, in the dance hall world. This is featuring Gunna, which is like a dope new rapper. But um, yeah, what do you think? Is that your vibe? What do you think of it? I I uh, couldn't understand a word uh, she was saying, but um, <laughs> I could not either. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed that sound. Yes, it, not necessarily my sound that I would right. that I would choose to play. Okay. Uh, uh, in those infrequent times when I would DJ, but I could see why I made the tw- made the twenty. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think it's got some hope. Yes, me too. All right, good job, guys, picking that song. And so, when you say your style, what do you like to play? Uh, when the what do I like to listen to versus what I like to play are two different things, right? Right. So when of course. I, if I play, if I am actually DJing, uh, which is a whole other story. Yeah. It's uh, it's usually sort of the tech house, uh, nice uh, electro house kind of vibe. But so. uh, again, most of that happens uh, within the comfort of my own living room, okay, and, uh, to my ears only. So right. Um, but in terms of listening, you know, I've got I've got kids, I've got a wife. Uh, I listen to what they want to listen to, and so I, I listen right. to a variety of stuff. And uh, at the office, obviously, hear what everyone else is playing. And yeah, and, uh, but it's kind of tough when you're in meetings to say, you know, hey, I got to put some background music on. <laughs> but uh, but uh, especially I do at a music can. place, probably everyone has an opinion. Yeah, They're like why are you playing? This? Oh, there's plenty <laughs> of strong opinions. Yeah, yeah. So I, I try not to fight those battles. Do your kids ever put you up on new music that you should know about? Oh, absolutely. All yeah, the especially time, yeah. Right? I mean, they all they listen to is hip hop too. So they're always oh, educating really? me. And and of course, those are the only shows they want to go to. Oh my I have god. Two boys. 13, How old are they? Thirteen and fifteen. Oh okay. Uh, and so. Uh, they don't like any of the electronic stuff or or alternative. Or They're not into any of that. Nothing. That's so interesting. So, so this is so the the tw- the twenty and having beat source makes me look cool in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's that's what it's all about. So. Exactly. I know. I mean, I have a seven year old and he's putting me on to crazy music, but he's in that in between stage where he'll make a playlist and he'll have like Lil Nas X. And it'll have like the Ramones and Operation Ivy, and then a song about breakfast burritos, <laughs> and then a chicken nugget song, and then like some song you heard on FIFA, you know. Well, it's so, a young person's game, so it is. Yeah. It really is. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next song. The Weekend just came out with two singles this week, so I'll play a little clip of each one. This one's called Blinding Lights. This one I've heard. Yeah, it's dope. It's, I mean, it sounds like, I don't know, 80s It's an 80s, song. yeah, this is, yeah, Definite this, is my, 80s. this is my jam. This brings me back. Yeah. This is, it sounds like a car chase song be, or something. Yeah. <laughs> this would be in my rotation. Yes. I, this is something I would listen to outside of DJing, I think, and then also if I can incorporate it in, yeah. I would love to, but it has to be the right, you know type of thing and then he came out with this the same week or the week after which i think you know let's let's hear everything comes full circle you know and it like they come in these waves and and there's there's songs like that that can start this whole you know new yeah you know retro 80s thing in in music so especially right pop music so yeah everyone, there's everyone this guy it. yeah gashy i think that's how you say his name he's a rapper yeah. r&b but he just came out with multiple albums and one of them he's calling I guess his 80s album yeah. and it's that kind of style yeah. and it's cool I mean I love that people are so into all the synths now so it's nice to hear yeah. them used 
how they were being used when they first came out. It's cool, but it's also depressing for guys like you and me because we were alive back then. <laughs> That's and, very true. And we remember the first time it happened. So I know that is true. Yeah. But uh, well, all right. Let's hear his next one. It's called Heartless. More on the hip hop R and B tip. Never need a bitch. I'm what a bitch needs. Trying to find the one that can fix me. I've been dodging death in the six speed. Amphetamine got my stomach feeling sickly. Okay, so it's another song I feel like I could be rolling around to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it seems like The Weeknd has this technique where he releases two singles. One is that up-tempo-y, like he did it last time with Party Monster, and it was yep. very pop 80s sound. And then he had uh, Starboy, which was sure. the more hip-hop, played in the club kind of song. No, look, I mean, he's he's one of the greats. I had an opportunity to see him uh, when he first came out live. Yeah. And you could just tell he's got a unique sound. That yeah. You always know when a song is one of his. And, right. Uh, you know, you can say the same thing about folks like Elvis Presley and Michael Jackson and, you know, people along yeah. the way. But there's, there are few and far between. But he's... I think he's one of those that's got that sort of legendary status that he's building. And, I agree. And, uh, I think most of his songs are are uh, really, really solid songs that yeah. are deserving of being in the 20. Yes, I agree. And he's like evolving, like just even it's just like material, but like the way he cut his hair, he's like changing his whole look. And I think that's important for artists to not stay stagnant, you know, even if you're going to have some of the same marketing techniques or something. But um, it doesn't always work if it's not authentic, right? I mean, no, seen, but I think yeah. he is authentic, right. you know. Yeah. I mean, I got to, um, it's funny too, I never knew what his talking voice really sounded like. And I, w- I was DJing for a Toronto Film Festival um, a couple, about a month or two ago. Uh, and he has this movie called Uncut Gems coming out with Adam Sandler. It looks really good. He's actually. in the movie. He's in the movie. Oh, wow. I think he's a star of the movie. Um, him and Adam Sandler. But it's not a comedy. Interesting it's, pairing. Super interesting. Yeah, pairing. Wow. When they told me about this, I was like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I need to come because I was DJing one after party, but the person that hired me, they were doing that yeah, one too. Yeah. So I'm like, "All right, I need to come by and see what's happening here." And I mean, the mixture of people was crazy in itself because it was like all these actors and people like Judd Hirsch and like older actors. And then we're in Toronto. So like the weekend's whole crew of everybody ever, because that's where they're from, is there. So it's Cash XO and like every hip hop and R&B kind of person and the DJs playing songs. And it's Adam Sandler's birthday. And the weekend gets on the mic and he keeps being like, Bring the Sandman his cake. <laughs> Bring us, everyone wish the Sandman happy birthday. And like, I I feel like he told Adam Sandler like you're about to experience hip hop in Toronto because they threw him like this crazy hip hop birthday party. Like they bring him the cake and the DJ puts on Travis Scott and it's just going like fuck the club up, fuck the and it's like Adam Sandler up there. And I'm like this is unbelievable. That's my new birthday goal, right? <laughs> that's my new one. That's what I'm saying. I'm like I would never think that that song would be yeah. playing at Adam Sandler's yeah, birthday party. It's amazing. And he looked super happy. It was amazing. And like the weekend just seemed like himself and goofy and didn't seem so uh serious and yeah, together. You yeah. know, it was kind of nice to well, see that's that. Good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um all right, let's move on. Let's see. We'll head into 
um, the EDM world a little bit, but this one was a surprise for me. It's Dimitri Vegas and Like Mike, um, who are known for what Tomorrowland and mm -hmm. all this big yeah. stuff. Um, but they have a song with the Afro Bros and a bunch of other artists. And let's check this out right here. <laughs> So it just sounds like a reggaeton kind of track, right? So, so interesting. And there's not even really that big drop. It's kind of, it's almost a similar to this Nicky Jam song, which Afro Bros produced. Yeah. And I think it's, that's why it's almost like, but it has that, that same drop where it goes to this. But no big like cryo anything, right? That's interesting. It is them. interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah that they would put that out. It's called Boom Shakalaka. That's cool. Um, I like that. And you, I mean, I don't know live horns that they've got in there, something. But it's, it's, it's whatever that sound is. It's I think a trademark sound of these Afro Bros because yeah. they have other songs where it's that yeah. sound. Um, and you're hearing that more. I mean, obviously the EDM craze is kind of dying off, and it was it's kind right. of a four letter word in the uh, uh, you know electronic yes. music culture anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's 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 good to hear that they're sort of diversifying out and incorporating yeah. Latin sounds. And I think I also think that what I've noticed um, is a lot of the EDM artists are going for radio now. Yeah. Like even I just saw like Mac J. You know they'll put out the EDM songs and they'll put out the Hardwell or DRO collabs and then the, he has a song with Tina Shea that's an R&B song they'll play sure. on Power 106 and I'm starting to notice that somewhat of a trend or maybe they got used to the taste of being so popular and yeah. they're like wait a second we want to stay in the mainstream we're going to make just hit songs yeah. whatever yeah, genre yeah. well i mean look the, i don't know the, the edm thing i mean it, it, it's it's it literally i think was an acronym given to what we've always called just commercial dance music that's exactly. always been on the radio in the 80s and 90s yeah. and 2000s and now all of a sudden it blew up uh you know when festivals blew up here in the united states and mm -hmm. the press had to give it a, a name yeah uh, they needed to pigeonhole it and yeah. i mean we used to have those names i remember even being into all the different Subgenres of drum and bass and the bass music and rave music and there was IDM. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and people hated being called IDM, yeah. in intelligent dance music. <laughs> that, it was like that was one of the worst names. The though. worst name. What's the <laughs> point of that? Like yeah. I only like really just stupid dance music. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, right. So I guess it. I remember it from back then. That's when I heard people saying EDM. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then what are you even? It was the same with mashups. Like, I was known as a mashup DJ, and they'd be like, okay, we want you to do all mashups tonight. But yeah. then they didn't know what they were saying. You yeah. Know? Well, EDM, I mean, it, it served a purpose, obviously. I yeah. think it actually introduced a lot of people, especially here in the U.S., yeah. to DJ culture and electronic music. Right. And uh, acted as kind of that gateway drug, which yes. may be a bad analogy. but um, <laughs> In that uh, type of music. You know, we definitely see that the impact of that at Beatport and right. you know where some of these other subgenres and the cultures around them have uh, actually taken off in the last few years even as that EDM craze is dying down and yeah. for us EDM is is just a subgenre of electronic music and one of the least popular right uh, from the perspective of, of DJs, but mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously the, the fans love it because of that festival experience and all the, yeah. the lights and the smoke and right. you know, fog machines. Yeah, that's part of, of the whole thing, of course. <laughs>
Yeah, but uh, but no, that's uh, I, I like that song from those guys. So. Yeah, sounds good. Um, definite kind of cultural and didn't mashup. They just get named like one of the top DJs. In they're the DJ the, Mag? I think number they're one. the number one. Well, they're number one DJ. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do an alternative uh, DJ Mag 100 with Beatport. Oh, you uh, do. Where we we basically take out the EDM artists and then uh, show them Beatport sales. Oh. And it's a uh, it's a top 100 of of the DJs that again excluding those EDM not right. not that we want to exclude them but they dominate because they're so popular in the festival yeah. circuit so we want to try to give the you know the underground more of a focus so it's it's the top how many it's top 100 top 100 DJ Mag published it but like, you take out all the people that are on that top 100 or we take out all the people that are EDM artists oh okay on that, just the EDM artists and then right. we 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 actually. DJ Mag does it, yeah, and we give them Beatport sales data. Oh, that's the so layer cool. on top of it, so that then you can see the top 100 DJs that other DJs, which are Beatport's cu- customers, right, are buying. Yeah, it can give a little more. Yeah, it's an interesting top top 100. It, it, you should check it out. But yeah, it comes out a few weeks after. Uh, okay, after the the uh, other top 100. Nice, yeah. <laughs> the the other, the, yeah, the real top 100. Nice. That's cool. We yeah, all I'm have a top 100, that. though. But for Everybody. us, we've got a, a 20. Yes, we've got the 20. Maybe one day it'll be the 100. That's going to be a lot <laughs> for you to go through, though. But <laughs> Yeah. A lot for us to go through in this podcast. That would <laughs> exactly. be a five-hour podcast. We'll be, we'll be like 100 years old by the time we're done. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, let's see. We could go through one or two more tracks. Um, we can move on to some, like we said, some real kind of dance music. Um, Pickle is the name of the group or the producer. Um, It's called On The Drums. This is definitely a dance floor mover right here. Yeah. And that's like on the 20, we, you know, we include everything. So it's for songs that open format DJs could play in their sets and still keep a mainstream crowd going, you know. I like the steel drums. Nice. Goes with all those like rolling bass line tracks. Like, uh, Sounds like me on the vocals there. That's, that's <laughs> Beat on the drums. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're going to make a track after this with your vocals. Perfect. <laughs> that's about my range right there. <laughs> that's the exact note we need right here. Beat on the drums. All right. Goes with that Fisher Dom Dalla kind of style yep. where they hit it with that That's on the so one. Popular right now, yeah, right? so I mean, big. Even with again, even with our underground market of the DJs, yeah, Fisher is the longest artist to sit at number one, right? That's and so, crazy. Yeah, uh, that song is really good, though. Yeah. I mean, because like I said, some of the, those songs on Beatport are are not going to cross over to the Beat Source or right. open format audience, and. That's one of them. That but those songs I can play in a mainstream club where they want to still hear Beyonce, you yeah. know, but I can play that song and everyone's going to know it, you know. Yeah, I mean, the open format crowd wants to hear some of that, just not, you know, for six not hours. Not the whole time, in, in exactly. Underground yeah. dark club. And the nice thing about those tracks is that they're very minimal. So from a DJ and an edit maker perspective, yeah. you can make crazy edits and put, oh, you know, Justice, We Are Your Friends, vocal over the intro, and then people... 
if you're in a club where they're not used to just instrumental stuff, they're right. going to be more prone to, you know, still dance to it and stuff. That's what I would do as well. As well as a, as <laughs> I a know. You yes. gave me that idea. That was, yes. So, you know. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, let's see. We got through a bunch of it. So much good stuff on there. I mean, I there's a J Balvin. Let's let's hear this J Balvin song, and then we'll move on to the interview part. Perfect. This one sounded a little different to me, so I wanted to play it. Yo te como sin vida, acapella, suave que la noche espera. Ya te encendí como vela. Y te apago cuando quiera, negra hasta la noche como pantera. Ella coge el plano y lo desmantela. Los de Puerto Rico y me dice mera. Tranquila, yo pago, guarda tu cartera. So I don't know if we're playing the dirty or clean version because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Me we need Vlats to uh, translate for us. <laughs> but I love it this. Sounds dirty. <laughs> it sounds real sounds dirty. 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 Nah, but I mean, I haven't heard a lot of 808s in yeah. in this music yet. It's like very minimal. Usually, I feel like in reggaeton, like the drums are huge and the bass is more plays a background and yep. isn't like that sub bass. And like this was the first one I heard where it has that sub bass and small drums and his vocal it's very just stripped down and like i played it about probably at two different gigs in san francisco and somewhere else over the last two weeks and it it worked like people kept dancing and they didn't even it's such a new song because sometimes that's a risky move because people won't know it and they don't want you to do it but i was like i feel like i can make this work and if people don't then i'll just mix out of it really fast people are feeling that it's great to see also just i mean you know five years ago reggaeton latin music was just generally that sound was like dead almost dead totally uh, yeah and to see it come back and people loving it of all shapes and sizes and colors and so forth yeah and and people are responding and that's just like that's really healthy for the music right and to be able to play songs that are in different languages like that used to be almost like a weird ironic thing to do you know like oh i'm playing the spanish version of ain't no stopping me now or something but now in this country at this time in our political environment it's even better exactly i'm gonna make donald trump a (laughs) mixtape of all this (laughs) make him listen um all right cool well so that was the 20 let's um those are good selections yes very good uh, you know i've been on vacation for the last couple of weeks so i hadn't had a chance to check out the 20 in a, in a minute, so I, I gave you. Uh, a I appreciate taste uh, of it. You educating me upon my return. Yes, so. of course, of course. Well, I'm glad we got to go through it together. So much good stuff. I can't wait to hear what they put on next. Um, and that was the twenty. And that was the twenty with DJ Spider. All right, cool. Thank you to DJ City and Beat Source for putting that together for us. And so now, as I mentioned before, we're very lucky to have in the studio with us today Beatport, Beat Source CEO, Rob McDaniels. Give it up for him. We got to hear, hear you guys cheer. Let's go. Oh, they're back. They're cheering I for got you. another applause. Yes, we have to bring that crowd in every time for the podcast. Thank gonna, you, guys. I'm going to retire. Yep. There we go. Oh, they're still going. <laughs> you don't get, we have to you don't feed get that them. in the office that frequently. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe when you move in the new office, you'll get the. Well, we'll bring in that audience. I always wanted a smoke <laughs> machine in my office, though, right? So when you know people come in, just hit it. <laughs> That's the, the best idea. Yeah. Also, if you want 
if somebody comes in but you want to hide from them, you just turn it on full blast. And they're like, oh, Rob's not in right now. Or you just have a giant horn that they just got to <laughs> rush out the door. And they just blast yeah. them out. Perfect. I think you're on to something. Mm. So if you do write a book about being a CEO, then Fog Machine can be chapter one. God help us if, we, if I do. <laughs> I think that's a good call. You know, you could, you could hide, you could throw a party. Like, you have any sort of option with that. My mentor in the music industry told me, yeah. whatever you do, all right, especially if you have success, right, never write a book, never. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm never going to write a book, never tell all, right? Yeah, because it's like one of the things you just don't do. Yeah. Now everyone's writing a fucking book. It I seems know. like about the music industry so, and a and podcast, and right? A, and all podcasts, of it. It's right. like uh, I know, same thing. Like, there's so many gigs that I've done and things I've done where I've had to sign non-disclosure agreements and yep. I can't talk about, and and then other ones where I just sort of know. I shouldn't talk about it. You know, like it's not good. And so, but exactly. Now everyone's like, I go on podcasts, like, tell me that story. Do that thing. Yeah. Are you going to write a book? You can write yeah. a book. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Wait, what's your best music industry story? It's yeah. like, oh no. What I know. I maybe say? you have to be ready just to retire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it needs to be yeah, the uh, picture book version, like the PG version. Right. Now okay. you just write it and you go move to like Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad place to move. Exactly. Um, Amazing. Cool. Well, it's such a pleasure having you here and honor. I know you were just on vacation, so you're just coming back into the real world. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm really relaxed or really <laughs> tired, but uh, I feel good. Uh, well, hopefully you're relaxed. How long were you gone for? Uh, two weeks. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, that's when you really so. can like get into a vacation. Yeah, you definitely... It's hard these days, obviously, to, to get away. But, oh, it's um, so hard. Just but... a change of perspective and change of pace, I think, is, is healthy. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I try to go away like every year. I've been pushing it farther and farther. I did it for a week and then like 10 days. And then I try to get it to two weeks too if I can. It's hard to take a real vacation though in this business. Right. And, then, and just because it's also we're so lucky to be able to do what we do. And, yes. you know, it's like athletes who get to play the sport they're passionate about. Right. Yeah. And you look at all the other people that kind of go to work to punch the clock and write a paycheck and it's sort of a means to an end whereas what we do it's like it means everything right but i do think that we're on so much that you have to give ourselves a chance to step back and like get perspective and turn our brain off or something you know turn it on to something else especially the creative brain right right i think whether you're uh you know an, an artist or an athlete or um even a you know running a company or yeah. an entrepreneur, uh, you have to be creative and innovative and and thoughtful and sort of uh, right. have that perspective is is important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean your job is very creative as well, right? I mean in ways. I mean I think that that it it, it is. Uh, but I think you. Well, I was going to talk about this later, but I, you you come from a very. Um, non-creative world right like a banking type of world but it or is that a creative world or no <laughs> uh, it can be but no right. yeah i mean it's that's that's but uh, now you're in a more something you're passionate about well that's right? what's important right yeah. and i mean if you can be creative and and people will listen to your ideas and um you can effectuate change and have an impact on other people right. uh, in a positive way then then you know you can be creative can you do that in banking it's hard yeah. um but uh there are ways to do it um but no i mean i've always uh uh had an enormous amount of respect and admiration for people that are uh 
uh, artistically creative. Yeah. Um, I've just never had the uh, ability um, to, to do that. And so I figured I would spend my life working with those people and, and trying to be creative in my way. Right. Uh, so it's the music business. So there's two parts to that equation. Yes. And so I figure I'll take care of the business side of things and other people can take care of the music. Right. Um, but it's been, uh, it's been a, a wonderful almost 20 years since I, I left finance and, and uh, um, I've been involved in the music industry. So And it's been an exciting time, obviously, to be yeah. involved in this industry. Right. Congrats. Well, that's great. Yeah. 20 years. So I get a, maybe I get a, like a paperweight. <laughs> so, I mean, I can have a crowd cheer for you. That, if you, if you again, want. all twenty years, give it up. Every <laughs> every two minutes, if you could do that, I'll be I happy. could follow you around in your life if you <laughs> need, and just trigger that if you ever just need like a pick me up. I, I think that's actually a pretty good uh, business idea. Yeah, if you get rich enough, you just hire an applause person, and yeah. you're like, man, I don't, I, am I doing the right thing with my life? And then <laughs> comes on. Or you hire somebody to just follow you taking pictures, so you feel important, right? And everyone I mean, else I starts taking pictures. That actually ha- that happens. happens now. Okay. That's called influencer, <laughs> I think. <laughs> that's called Instagram professional. <laughs> what is that? There's that whole business now where you can yeah. hire people on your vacation to take pictures. Oh, really? Yeah. Like if you're traveling solo, that's a. a a career of that's like, amazing. I didn't to even know that. I think they do it mostly in Tokyo, in Japan. That so should not crazy. shock you that they do something like that there. But that's amazing. Yeah. And then eventually they'll just have like a drone or a robot that follows you around, and you yeah. just click it like, "Yo, we're on the beach. Please Come say. get some shots. <laughs> <laughs> Fly above. Get a high up." That's that would scary. be kind of dope, actually. <laughs> yeah, see, we could just sit here and create. We're some inventing big- things. This is, this is, there are so many ideas, none of them really original, but, um, <laughs> no, but uh, we're remixing them. It's exactly. like, it's, that's where the DJ uh, part comes in, you know, yeah, yeah. nothing's new, but we can put a new spin on it. That's one of the best ways to start a company, by the way, is you see something that's working in another country or another yeah. culture. Um, but it doesn't exist where you're from. Right. And you basically bring that back to, um, to, to where you live. It's like in, I was in London and I think it was the mid nineties yeah. and, um, they had a, a chain of coffee stores that they called the Seattle Coffee Company. Oh wow! Because Starbucks wasn't there yet, right? Right. And guess what? Starbucks ended up, you know, buying them for yeah. X uh, millions of dollars or whatever. But um, that's uh, genius. Anyway, I don't know. How yeah. We- no. No. Same. My friend uh, is always very up on technical, technological stuff like that, and he was showing me this stuff. I think it's in China, and it seems like the future of shopping, like. It's there's just these massive networks of people that are in stores and they're live streaming the store and you can book them to start shopping for you. Oh, yeah. Personal shoppers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But like it's almost like you log on to Instagram and you go on the person's page and you're on there and they're like, oh, I'm in this shoe store and they start showing you the stuff. Are they trying on clothes for you? Yeah. They're like FaceTiming it to you (laughs) and then they're like buying it and sending it. And like it's almost like. It's crazy. Or they're like, I'm in Osaka. You're in Tokyo. Here's this record wow. shop. I'll go through the things for you. And I feel like when that comes here, it's going to be next that, level. That's going to be you know? some weird dressing room uh, tales there. <laughs> you know? Well, it could be anything. They could be going to get a Christmas tree or, you know, whatever, just showing you what it is, I guess. But that's exciting. There's so much innovation happening, just bringing it back to music, yeah. especially in the music industry, which um, was struggling for so long. And right. now in the last five years, it's just there's a lot of... of 
uh, investors and you know capital that's, yeah. that's coming in, and and so cool ideas are getting funded, and not all of them are going to work. But right, I think the positive impact on the creative community is new tools and services and bells and whistles and ways to make music and yeah. and uh, create entertainment for for your fans. And so I think um, you know the next uh, the next five to ten years are going to be really exciting for. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited. Just every time new DJ equipment comes out, I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. I never thought about that. Or, and some people complain, oh, there's too many buttons or, you know, but I'm like, all right. I make that complaint because it's been, I'm learning about it all, right? Now I'm like learning on the job about all the equipment because when I started DJing when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, Again, we were talking about this yeah. earlier. It was on a pair of Gemini's. You had to remind me of the name uh, turntables, and and it was like, you know, hit hit power and move arm over. You know? I know, and that, and that was it. Like any idiot could do it, um, right? And how did you get the, your first setup? Like, did you inherit it or buy no? It I bought it. I say, you know, like I, a I, and it was two Gemini turntables tur- and some and some crappy mixer. crappy mixer. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, uh, I don't remember what. Maybe the mixer was a Newmark or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Newmark and Gemini were the lower the tier of all those. This was I was definitely in the lower tier. They would of last everything. like a few months and then get all scratchy and. Like, oh yeah, and you had to buy needles every two yeah. days. Um, but yeah, that was my first setup. But I, because um, I, I, I screw up a lot of my life in in Europe and right. uh, especially in the UK. You know, kids there would DJ every day. It was just part of what you did. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had a pair of decks in your house, uh, just like you had a toothbrush. And right. And so I would go back to visit friends there, and they would all DJ. Uh, and that's yeah. how I, I, I learned the the craft. Um, but, that, again, it was just all vinyl back then. And, and right. And I brought it back. I was living outside New York at the time. And uh, so I, I came back, and I was like, I, I got to find a, a setup and so I went into into the city into New York City yeah. and, and got a pair of Gemini's and I guess a probably some kind of Newmark mixer and and set it up upstairs in my bedroom and you know shut myself in there for as, as long as possible to uh to just practice right yeah like you said I mean it's ingrained in the culture I think in Europe and London especially I remember going there as a kid and hearing these pirate radio stations and being like what is this how can they do this here and what is this music they're playing and like it's just somebody in a weird house, you know, broadcasting for just a few miles or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Um, that was one of the first times I remember I'd heard DJing and, you know, that, that or sort of got an understanding of what it was. I remember. Yeah. It, it's uh, it, it's pervasive, you know, all, all throughout the, right. the UK. And I, I went back, I think I was probably 14 or 15, and I went to the Notting Hill Carnival. Yeah. Uh, which was the first time I saw the DJ as the you know sort of the god they they at, the, at that carnival right. you walk through the streets and on the rooftops they've got DJ setups you know on on every corner yeah, as, yeah. You, as you go and uh, uh, that's where I first got introduced to drum and bass and jungle and people would just go nuts over it oh nuts um, yeah. yeah and so uh, that was where but you look up at the DJ and everyone's just you know f- looking upwards again like they're like they're looking at a god and I remember going to Ministry of Sound when I was a, a teenager and yeah. uh, Back then, the DJs, they don't do this anymore, but DJs back then would, at least the drum and bass guys, they wouldn't want to come in some back door and go up to the DJ booth. They'd walk in the front door, yeah. and the whole room, and they'd walk through the whole room, and the whole room would part while they're, you know, they got the guys carrying their yeah. their, uh, their record bags, 
and the room apart and they just walk up to the dj booth and that was like a cool way to enter the club like, yeah like you're not on some vip you're like yeah we're all part of this together yeah, yeah. that's uh i know I, I mean just on a side note from drum and bass i don't know how many of our listeners are into it but that culture also they would have mcs yeah all the time mcgq was and, one yes. early one that i listened to a lot. and uh what's his name i think he was africa bombada's son uh tc islam oh yeah, yeah um and but i and i remember you know they don't stop those mcs i mean they'd be like he was like an auctioneer at some point where you're like okay i like this but yeah are they supposed to just keep going forever and i saw someone tweet um like i think it was yesterday or the day before and they were like the whole purpose of AI um, learning is to be able to take out the MCs from drum and bass. Oh, really? Recordings <laughs> That's back, amazing. Back in the day. That's it says great. the ultimate goal of machine learning is to create an algorithm that can remove the MCs from late 90s drum and bass mixes. That's, <laughs> that's funny, not fair, but funny. <laughs> no, not fair. And I loved them. And it was part of it. It was great. But it, it just made me realize but I do have so many freestyle tapes. And oh, like, I used to have those. It was mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah, they're so good. Um that's uh that's that's incredible i you know one of my um uh sort of first uh visions or whatever yeah. was uh, or predictions i should say was right. that um drum and bass would be massive in the us because yeah. it was it was twice the speed of hip hop and i'm right. like you know with rap rapping over it and, yep. and i was like this is going to be massive like yeah i even helped my two best friends open up a drum and bass record store in boston and um, what was it called mid- uh, forefront records. I went there for sure. No, bought, yeah, I would go. I would go because I would go to New York and buy yeah. records, and we would. I remember going to Boston. So I'm yeah, pretty sure I mid nine. Yeah, mid nineties probably mid to uh, late nineties. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I mean, forefront record on the, what's what's the main yeah. shopping street there? Uh, uh, not Boylston. No, no Boylston? I know what you're t- saying. Uh, We're a com- not com- something com- Barry or no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Newberry, that. Newberry Street. Yeah, yeah, it was on Newberry yeah, Street. I remember where like Newberry Comics was and right. So, I, so I helped them start that up, and thinking that drum and bass was going to be the next big thing in the right. U.S. And never, it's still it's crazy, and I still feel that feeling though. I still feel it's like on the tip of my tongue yeah. type thing where it's about to blow up. Because same thing, I I was like, all right, I'm a hip hop head. I love Gangstar. I love Tribe Called Quest. I love De La Soul, yep. Wu Tang. But I love drum and bass. I have to be able to merge these two things. So. I, you know, I had a college radio show and an online show called The Basement with two S's and I'm like, it's underground, we have all bass music, they're both, they're both into bass, the types of music, like you said, they're halftime, double time, we had DJs here, there was someone named R.A.W. who's just legendary in the LA rave scene and he was the first person I had seen do the halftime double time mixes and take well he that's that was his thing like he would do four turntables with this other person so they'd be able to pull off he would take like some you know underground hip-hop from detroit like fat cat you know and put the acapella over a double time beat then drop it out then drop another thing and then put a hip-hop beat under it then mix jungle into it and i was like it blew my mind you know who could do a a song with that as the as the beat is the weekend Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. But the, that I know when he first came out with Party Monster, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah. I could mix halftime into yeah. this. You know, it's like <laughs> drum and bass for me. Yeah. 
But same. And then I found someone named DJ Hype in the UK Hype that was, was doing great. the same kind of thing. He, he was, could scratch. He was one of the best. Right? I would listen to his mixes and yeah. I would just try to imitate every scratch. Yeah. Like I can do all the Hype scratches You can't do now. those on Gemini's, by the way. <laughs> At least I can. No, no, you can't. I had the shitty stuff in the beginning too. And Ugh. then finally I got techniques. I'm like, oh, I can kind of do what DJ yeah. Hype is doing. you know. Yeah. But he had that same thing where he would have the hip hop influence. And then Aphrodite took it to the next level. Yeah. Made it a little cheesier, but still... Um, had that hip hop uh, drum and bass sort of mix but same thing I'm like this is going to be huge I'm going to base my entire career off being a drum and bass hip hop mix DJ I put all mixes that were drum and bass and hip hop and that was it I did a radio show for years I think we should keep trying keep trying you <laughs> I, never know when the time I, is right for I a great keep idea trying. I heard a track from Shy Fex which is one of the first records I ever bought on vinyl and he came out with a new track Friday, you know, and I put it on my playlist. I'm like, I love nice. this. And, you know, I'm constantly scouring the new drum and bass and hearing new stuff that could work. And play, people like Rudimental and stuff, I think, are that that make all different kinds of stuff do some mm. of those tracks. Well, the you know? genre is actually one of the fastest growing, if I'm not mistaken, on Beatport in the last year or two. I, um, I so feel like definitely... a lot of the young kids are into it. I see them tweeting oh I, I dropped a couple of drum and bass songs and people yeah. were into it and but it could also be that thing where it's the beginning and then it goes back away fizzles, you know yeah. there's yeah. something about it i don't know but i love it i mean the vibe of people dancing to it the ability for it to transfer into other genres and how close it is to hip-hop and you know reggae all the reggae dance hall stuff over it was just so dope yeah. to me too the raga jungle and so maybe it's time. Maybe Let's it's time. Let's try again. Yes, I'm in. I I have a little crate. I was I was going through on my Spotify a little uh I call them crates from me <laughs> DJ but playlist of uh, all that stuff. That's so cool. Well, I didn't realize you were into drum and bass as it's much as I was. It's been a while, but but uh Same. but I would love to go to another another show. All those guys, I know. Uh, Randall, Mickey Finn, Dr. S. Gasha. Oh, man, all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I'll put on like a helmet, like a marshmallow thing, and I'll do all drum and bass. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my thing. Um, I like that idea. That's so cool. Well, um, so you're, um, you were talking about technology and pushing things forward and how it's such a, a great time now. Um, and I wanted to ask you about... Um, this link technology. I mean, we haven't really spoken much about Beatport or BeatSource yet, but um, Beatport has link uh, technology, right? Um, you're already yeah, so it's integrated. It. It's basically what we've done is um, uh, developed technology we acquired from uh, a previous company called Pulse Locker. Okay, uh, and we modified, improved, upgraded um, some some pretty innovative and uh, novel technology that they had created yeah uh and now we're in the process of integrating it with all of the um dj performance software and hardware uh, uh companies so that um you know it's really the next generation dj experience in right in not just my opinion but uh, a lot of people that know even more than i do about this space yeah uh it it brings streaming into the dj booth if you will but it also allows for uh, you know, offline mode. Yeah. So you can save, um, you know, 50 to, you know, 200 is what we have a, as a max in, in beat source. Link okay. When that comes out, uh, songs in the locker. So you, you don't have to rely on the internet connection, but yeah. And I think that's something that needs to be hammered home to a lot of DJs because 
a lot of people say, well, I, don't, I wouldn't trust the internet. And it's like, no, you're not trusting the internet, you know. Um, so that's true. And, and it depends on what kind of gig you're playing. Um, of course. But the, also, the, the, there's a real workflow benefit to using Link, which is you have access to, you know, a B-port, 9 million songs right. to experiment with yeah. and, uh, you know, try out mixes and listen to the full songs and... And that's a really valuable uh, uh, improvement to your workflow. Yeah. Um, and saves you time, saves you money. Uh, you know, for uh, Beatport Link, it's 15 bucks a month. Uh, oh, okay. uh, at BeatSource, uh, it'll be 10 bucks a month. Um, you get access to all of that, all of that music. And um, with BeatSource, I mean, Beatport is very. I know it's the four-letter word EDM, thing, but but it's it's very dance music based, right? And electronic, and, it's focused on electronic uh, music DJs, right? And w so when I uh, started a couple of years ago, um, they we were merchandising hip hop and R and B and some Latin music, but it was buried and hidden and not focused on, and right. and the whole experience didn't cater to the open format yeah. DJ. But everyone in the company really wanted to uh, to serve the global DJ community. We just didn't have the right products to do it. Yeah. Um, the right platforms. Right. And so that's why we, we decided to launch BeatSource uh, to take all of that content and more uh, content that we weren't even publishing on, on Beatport and uh, partner with, with DJ City uh, to ha handle all the curation and merchandising and marketing for uh, for BeatSource, which um, uses all the same technology and and infrastructure that, that Beatport does, mm -hmm. but it's got a different brand and different um, uh, uh, customer experience, and again, it's catering to a very different type of DJ, right? Um, the open format DJ. So yeah, that's what. And and you know, like all good good ideas, it, it wasn't uh, a um, you know a novel idea. Beat BeatSource actually was launched by Beatport initially in 2010. Oh, what? Uh, I'm sorry, in 2007. Um, but it looked exactly like the Beatport store and was just sort of a mirror image and wasn't marketed and merchandised correctly. And so they shut it down a few years later. Oh, okay. Um, but that's what you know. Our friends at DJ City will make all the difference and make this thing a, a real uh, a success story. So, so we're really excited about what it means um, for the DJ uh, uh, community because we're delivering, you know, these these two brands, Beatport and BeatSource, uh, in you know to their own respective communities and cultures, uh, and then leveraging this new link technology to give ac unlimited access to to music. Um, and, you know, within whatever is your favorite DJ software. Uh, right. It's so. not just like you have things have that locker technology, how Spotify, you can download the songs, but you're limited to being in the app. You're not going to you don't have it anywhere else. Right. So right. Yeah. this it, it will have the ability to be within a DJ software or even hardware that can that has it right yep. like, we're integrating directly with with you know as as uh pioneer dj and and denon um and others uh, uh create connected hardware devices uh will be integrated directly into those into those into those uh that's uh, so devices. interesting yeah. will you have to like log in in the controller or the yep. cdj yep 
and then your account will come up and your locker and it could exactly your locker or or directly to you know your your playlists uh, that are saved so you can actually create all your playlists in the beatboard or beatsource store save it to your link playlist right. and then access it directly from from That's the device crazy. so it's uh you know but if you need to be able to browse and shop um uh, you'll be able to do that as well if if you know god forbid you ever get that song yeah. request um look but you know no that it, happens it especially happens, right. for open format DJs i think more than the um electronic dance music yeah, absolutely. type thing is that we're in i mean we are trying to cater to the public and and we have so many different kinds of gigs and corporate gigs where you of course there's always some song you don't have that they're going to ask you for you know so it's nice to be able to have that and we used we've gone through an evolution of having to ask the person from the Wi-Fi to tethering it to your phone to all of this stuff. And then now there are some streaming options available within Serato and different stuff, but I don't think it's anything close to what you guys are planning. Yeah. And look, look, there's, there's other, you know, benefits to eventually everybody DJing through link, um, Mm -hmm. including we'll be able to, you will be able to keep track of everything you play and directly report it to the PROs, uh, performing rights organizations around the so world. So people will get paid more. People get like paid, as yeah. if their stuff's being played on the radio or. Yep. So stuff again, like that. obviously for those DJs that are also producers that are playing yeah. their own music, and and again, this is perhaps more in the electronic world than the open format world. Yeah. But um, you know, electronic music at any point in time, like right now, is yeah. is the most played genre of music in the world in right. all the clubs. But it's one of the least of the um, major uh, genres that's uh, reported, like yeah. at least paid. Uh, and so, there's tens of millions of dollars that goes uncollected and unpaid to the right people because uh, nobody really knows what the DJ is playing, and they don't they don't do a, a good job of reporting yeah. it. So. We'll be able to send that data with, you know, I imagine every DJ would want us to do that with their approval uh, right. to those organizations. And if DJs want to publish those uh, lists to their fans or send it to their friends, we can do that as well. Right. Um, it almost has a social media aspect to it where you or a community where you can share with each other. If that's what you want to do. The, if and, you want to, yeah. And our our um, position is always going to be to put the DJ at the center of that, that control center. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we've got a report to pay uh, to the labels and publishers, but uh, outside of that, um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll let the DJ decide uh, how we publish that. But the other impact is, as, a, as you know, a lot of these DJs have their own labels um, and they're selling their music on, on Beatport mm-hmm. and on BeatSource. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, now through Link, I'll be able to know where that song is being played in real time. Right. And so I can direct marketing dollars to, you know, Facebook ads in Florida. Yeah. If I see the song bubbling up at clubs in Miami or whatever. Right. So, you know, we we can't do that yet but that's the that's where we're headed and so it's it's really exciting if you just start to think about you know the marketing impact and also you know an ANR impact and yeah um uh, being able to uh, see the hot spots around the globe of where your song may be for some reason uh beginning to take off right and even as a traveling dj being able to look like like what's big in this area because yep. i remember i mean i used to call you know before the internet was so you could see what's happening everywhere i would call hey what's big where you are you know what i mean what's big in 
Kansas City right now, you know, and yeah. I would make sure I have those songs and try to, you know, play to that region. But this way you can really have like hard data, you know. Yeah. And the, and the key it. is it's it's not just, um, you know, what's big in that area because you can, you know, go on Spotify and see that as well uh, or, you know, some other other services. But these are DJs that are playing the music, right? So the ultimate yeah. sort of music tastemakers that are deciding what's big in that area, yeah. right? It's not uh, data that's that's uh, clouded like Shazam with, or something, yeah, yeah with with consumer uh, influence stuff. So we're we're pretty excited about what it means right. again for for and things everybody. that can be gamed, sort of by companies. Yeah. You know, it's actually like real. You're tapped into the culture in a way, yep. right? Yep. And there's other cool things that we'll be able to use the technology for so that if you want to re- release songs or pre-release songs to certain DJs in certain oh, territories, so cool. it'll automatically appear in their link folder. Wow. Uh, you know, so we we can, uh, that's what we're working on right now. And that's really key to obviously what the DJ City model has been as a promo pool is making right. sure that the right DJs are serviced with the right songs and the right yeah, edits of course. at the right time and and um, using our technology we'll be able to do that you know in real time and have all these different uh, variations of how labels want to want to release their music to the DJs or right. how DJs want to receive it so and probably you'll gain an understanding of how Spotify or those sites do when I listen to things and like if they think I love a song about breakfast burritos because of my kid or something, yeah, yeah. but and it recommends that to me. But you'll probably get, learn what they like, and eventually, over time, if someone's a longtime user, you could probably recommend uh, things along the lines of what they like, right? Because it's harder and harder to find music uh, nowadays, which is part of the reason you have DJ City on with mm-hmm. uh, Beat Source, right? Because, I mean, I'm a DJ and I'm constantly looking through playlists every New Music Friday. I'm going crazy, but I it's still impossible to keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you need these teams of people like DJ City doing it and then Beat Source and then probably the artificial intelligence or however you can see what the people like and then what would be similar to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, in, in a world of sort of ubiquitous content, you know, filtering yeah. through all that stuff, uh, which is what a DJ is is yeah. uh, is part of their um, their acumen is, um, but that's that's important. If we can help them do that, uh, then you know, there's a ton. There's so much music coming out, right? I mean, even at Beatport alone, we're doing twenty five thousand releases a week. It's a week, yeah. And so and nobody, that's just Beatport. That's just Beatport. I mean, right? yeah. So there's, to think like everything put together is probably hundreds of thousands a week. Yep. So, um, so there's there's uh, there's a lot to filter through, and if we can try to figure out ways of making that more intelligent, or even create, you know, you allowing the DJ to create, you know, uh, user groups, friend groups, so that you know you want to get songs that are recommended from your friends, and um, no, that's a great idea, so. and just to be able to share because the streaming, you used to share a lot uh, as a DJ. I mean, we still do, but we will share our edits or playlists but like with streaming it's harder to share in a way i guess so you could it would be cool to have those groups and and no one really wants to go on facebook and do it and we have these group chats of djs but it could be a more organized and a a place a hub for people to share well you want to give that optionality right i mean some djs don't want to share no of course but but it's the ones that are forward thinking and want to i think that's like a cool you know I didn't even think about that. So that's amazing. So th- yeah, this is what's kind of beginning to blow our minds a little bit as, as yeah. we're starting to think about all the different possibilities that again, technology, uh, enables and, um, 
it's it's really exciting. Now, not all of this is going to be ready in January of 2020, but I think next yeah. year you'll start to see uh, more and more of this kind of functionality uh, made available. But just at its at its base level with Link, uh, which again is live now with Bport through Recordbox, Virtual DJ, um, and it'll be uh, um, with Hercules and Denon in January. Oh, great! Um, although maybe I just gave a scoop on an announcement, but sometime <laughs> early early next year. Sometime. Uh, and then you know, obviously, everyone's waiting for Serato and Tractor, and we're right. we're a little bit at the mercy of of our partners there. Um, you know, everybody's busy and developing. Yeah you know software and products and so uh, yeah, but we expect that as, as soon as possible in 2020 but um uh you know we're we're it's anyway it's it's worth checking out just that basic link product uh now because it's, right it's on beatport just yep. to kind of get an understanding of what it's going to be like with beat source yep um and to be able to do with open format and then just to have access to these curated playlists are crazy like i saw beat source posting today oh you have any christmas parties coming up boom we right. got the thing here you have motown you want this and it's like oh my god like that's what people used to call me about you know oh what do i do i'm doing this party so i'd help them get it all together and it's like now there's an actual place of professionals yeah. giving the advice and the songs that at this point yes you have to buy them one by one but within a certain period of time you can subscribe and yeah and have look them in it's, there i know? mean as you said curation is the key and in many ways the dj is the new format yeah right? i mean with you right know, streaming being everywhere and um you know it's like what do i listen to yeah uh i think the the dj is really gonna it's it's like the the, the age of the dj i think in the next in the next five to ten years so right I know it's funny. I'll like go to my kid's soccer game and like the dad will be like, you're a DJ. And then like introduce his six year old son to me like, Hey, he's a DJ too. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, you're, what? <laughs> like my kid's six and he doesn't even want to be a DJ, but <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I was yeah, at my kid's soccer game a, a while ago, uh, after one of the few times that I DJ and they were like, Hey, I heard you just DJ your friend's <laughs> party. Um, what do you think about DJ my wife's 40th oh, birthday God. party? I'm like, no, no, I'm done. <laughs> That's like that the one time, one time thing, and I'm people not are like, gonna... "You do birthdays?" I'm like, "No, yeah, for like super rich people." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah with like, with the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the weekend's <laughs> birthday. I'll do Adam Sandler's birthday. <laughs> I've got gems. Yeah, no, I I know it's like, uh, but yeah, definitely the DJ is the future, and I mean, speaking to, I mean, just to segue from that, like you're saying, um, how DJing is sort of a I guess the job of the future but it's also this cultural thing that is not understood and is also becoming understood and is just growing um, you have an amazing DJ that's on the board of beat source um, a track yep. um, why like why him and what do you think he adds to it and what does he do I mean I am a huge fan of him and I could say a lot of good things but just from your perspective like um, what you know i think he's very ingrained in the culture and stuff so it was a good move but what's um what's his role or why do you have him on board? um well part of my job is to be able to make sort of really quick good informed decisions yeah and um know to sort of trust my gut and i'd mm -hmm. never met a track before um but i i heard him speak at dj cities Beyond the Music Retreat. Oh, right. Um, and it was shortly after we'd done the deal with um, with DJ City. Mm -hmm. And 
just sitting in the audience listening to how intelligent, thoughtful, articulate he was, how passionate he was yeah. about um, how receptive and open he was to yeah. both electronic music uh, DJs and open format DJs. Yeah. Uh, it was just obvious that he would be able to bring that perspective uh, to bear on on our board, and it's not a big board; it's a small one. And right. you know, he's he's one of three. And <laughs> I was um, gonna say it's just him. <laughs> you know, you've got yeah. I mean, look, you know, you've always got people that um, are are uh, you know, I bring a certain perspective and experience, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes we're all guilty of forgetting what it's all about, and it's really about the music and the artist and yeah. supporting creativity, and so. He's there to to you know call our bullshit and and yeah. uh, and remind us of you know what our job is and so it was it was a very quick and, and easy decision. I mean, there's I think a lot of um, talented uh, people that are interested in more than just music and understand the business side of things in in DJ culture. Right. Sometimes DJs just get pigeonholed like oh they're just a DJ and yeah. they just do music, but you know, of course, just really smart businessmen and women. Um, yes. So, uh, so anyway, that was the, that was, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty easy decision to make and he, nice. he's, he's been wonderful and I've since actually, uh, spent some time with him and, um, so it's been a, it's been a, a good partnership. That's great. Yeah. He, he really embodies, I think that crossroads of open format DJing, scratch performance, DJing, dance music, everything, pushing the culture forward. Uh, constantly learning and doing things to help bring other people up from his Fool's Gold Records to the Fool's Gold Day Off to the Goldie Awards to everything, you know, and he's constantly evolving and doing it. So I when I heard that, I'm like, that is perfect, you know, and obviously he could do stuff for Beatport and he could fit in that hole, but in that, you know, that space. But he embodies, I think, everything of the beat source ethos or you know yeah. what, whatever it should stand for in a way yep. um, absolutely and he killed it at the beat source um launch, launch party. party i know that was a little <laughs> that surprise yeah that was super dope i was deeply grateful i know when they were like he's coming up right after you i was like oh great i'm gonna have a track standing behind me while i dj i gotta like come up with some serious stuff here <laughs> oh, you did great you did no great. i had fun it was great um that's so cool well um and then also to speak to that you mentioned it before that dj city is who you've partnered with for BeatSource um, to curate it. And I think some people, a lot of people know Beatport, a lot of people know DJ City, and they're getting to know BeatSource. Um, why did you pick DJ City, and what do they do, and what do they add to BeatSource? Well, when we knew we wanted to um, relaunch the BeatSource store, yeah. um, you know, we, we knew we had to learn from our first experience and not make the same mistakes. So right. we had to bring in... A partner that uh, understood the culture, lived and breathed it, and yeah. uh, had more experience than we did in the areas where we were weak. You know, and you, yeah. you have to understand your strengths and weaknesses yeah. in business. And um, and so again, this is one of those situations where there was a short list of, of folks we we had initial conversations with, um, and it's just the the dialogue with the DJ City guys uh, was just very open and honest from the get-go mm-hmm. uh, there was no BS and and you know it, we just like what they had to say what they were about how they approached the opportunity in business and um, and there was no grandstanding or chest thumping or right any of the other stuff that you know you run into and so 
you know, sometimes that stuff disappears quickly, but with them, it just was never there. And, um, you know, it was, it was like, uh, you know, an instant love, love affair, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love at first sight. Yeah. Uh, and, and they've just been, they've been great partners and look, you know, obviously the whole promo pool world is, lived in this weird gray area with labels right. for years for and, sure. and, you know, provided an enormous service and, and, uh, megaphone to, uh, artists and, and, you know, the, the promo teams at the labels and, um, you know, I think we're, we're looking to, again, sort of, uh, bring that, you know, totally up into the open and, uh, you know, integrate it with, with our technology and, mm-hmm. and really change the game for, for promo pools, because we think that there's just a lot of cool stuff when you marry promo pools with l- the link technology yeah. that you can do, like we talked about earlier. And, right. um, all of a sudden the label is going to be like, I need this, uh, yeah. you know, uh, even more than they do today. So um, right, and maybe they'll be able to see a clearer picture of it, right? Of what the promo stuff is, you know, because some, like yeah. you said, it's a gray area to them sometimes. It's a gray area, but you know, it's you know the guys at DJ City with Phenom and and Quickie and um, Styles and all those guys. I mean, you know, they're heavily respected and and in demand from the labels. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, they just just sort of lived. Lived in the underground, not unlike Beatport, right? Which right. has always kind of lived in the underground. And, and you know, Beatport probably doesn't, or hasn't, we do now try to, but follow all the rules and, yeah. and so forth because it's, it's just serving that, that DJ customer. But, um, but yeah, we, we like their hustle and we like them as people and that's the most important thing. Great. That's so cool. Well, I think it was a good move. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your I, approval. Yes. And, the, oh, you know what? Let's get a round of applause. Thank you. Fina, quick move. Styles, all you guys, get a round of applause too. Okay, guys? Want to make By the way, <laughs> the probably the hardest part about doing the deal was the intimidation I felt by not being known by my DJ name. Oh. Like, hey, all those guys, like they cool names, right? And I'm just <laughs> Rob with I had two Bs, right? That was the most <laughs> You're like Fina, Quickie, Styles, Rob. Rob. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> At yeah. least you have two Bs, though. Yeah, yeah it's a double B. It's like a Rob report. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, the ex- double B ex- gives it. Did you ever have a DJ name? Yes. What was it? That's embarrassing. Come on. It was. It was. Uh, we so back then. I don't know if this is still the way, but back then you could never give yourself a DJ name. It had to be. Given I know. To you. People always ask me to go. Oh, you know, what should my name be? Like, I, I got to give my. I go. No, you don't give yourself a name. Okay, someone has to give it to you. So, someone called me Spider, and I was like, okay, I can't go back now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. um and maybe this was a reflection of my DJ skills at the right. time, but yeah. um, the the name was Chaos. Oh, okay. Like actually spelled, uh, you know, C H A O S. But the um, but the funny thing is, when I had my first summer residency, and I used that word lightly at a club uh, outside yeah. Boston, um, I did flyers all over town, and uh, like four hundred flyers everywhere on every nice. lamp posts and door I could find. And I had a few left over. I went home and I put them on the counter. And uh, my mom looked at the flyer. She goes, "What's this?" I was like, "It's a flyer. I just papered the town. It's my big, <laughs> my big night, you know." And she's like, "I yeah, I know, but who's DJ Coass?" <laughs> <laughs> I had spelled chaos, C H O A S. So that was the end of my promotion career. Oh my uh, god! And my DJ career, but. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, Coass so is pretty good now. <laughs> Coass, there you go. Shake that. By the Coass. way, shockingly, nobody else has had that DJ name since. So. No, Coass or Chaos. <laughs> Coass. Okay, it's, yeah, Coass. It didn't chaos. catch on the Coass. No, there there is a Chaos. I think he's even associated with DJ City. So I could so I could go back. You and could resuscitate. You could use that first flyer. The, yes, as I your. <laughs> I still have it. You do? Oh, no, it's no. You have to always be humble, and there's you know. <laughs> Public humiliation is a great way True. to stay humble. So, yes. Uh, yeah, that's my... Uh, that's great. One of my few DJ stories. Do you remember your first, first DJ gig? Like, was that it? That was it. I mean, that was like my, at, a, at a proper right. nightclub other than like... Where you had to promote break. it and go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was it. That How did you it. get it? Did you just go in and talk to the person? Yeah, or? I hustled my way in. I said I was a DJ. I, of course, like probably put on a fake British accent and you know, said <laughs> I was here for the summer and... and right. uh, and um, it was a club that was connected to a Mexican restaurant. Wait, so it was could... in London? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. When I say it was outside Boston, it was, it was. Oh, outside, outside Boston. Boston. Sorry, I didn't hear. Way north of Boston. Okay, but uh, it was half nightclub mm. and half Mexican restaurant. Ooh, that actually right. sounds great. <laughs> so, yeah, you could work off that burrito. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yo, I'll get some yeah. tacos and. But it was actually pretty good. The DJ booth was. Elevated over the floor. Oh, cool! Right, and it had yeah. a ladder going up into it. Wow! Right, and so it was a fairly like good setup. Uh, yeah, for a young, I was, I was. That is good. Yeah. I was eighteen, and you're on vinyl. I was on vinyl, eighteen, but I lied and said I was twenty-one because you couldn't oh, be an yeah. employee. To, yeah, true. Uh, and uh, back then, of course, you know, fake IDs, whatever. But, right. Um, yeah, that was it. That was no that fake was... IDs. Were e- I mean, out here you would just go to like Alvarado Street yeah. and get it. I remember my friend got one, but it was like it looked really good, but it was like the length of a bookmark. I was like, "Yo, what <laughs> happened with the cutting here?" Like, I'm like, "This is never gonna work. You can't even get this into a wallet." That's dude. amazing. He's like, "I think it'll work." I'm like, "We're like, you know, 17." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Dude, it's so long. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's like a ruler." The best fake ID I had. I think I was probably 14. Yeah, and I didn't have an ID, and so I r- had my social security card, and I wrote in in blue pen <laughs> my birth date, date of birth on it, and, and it worked. I think it, I, I don't recall if it worked, but I know that I had it for a little while, and I think back then I could probably buy alcohol at, at, in some place like Portchester. Wow! Uh, Luckily and, they didn't confiscate it. Yeah, yeah. Could never get another. You one. wouldn't be yourself anymore. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> now when like they ask me for my social security number, I'm like, I don't. I Somebody mean, the card. Me, for the card. I'm me like, too. Yeah, I'm like, yo, no it's idea. very old. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but here's my date of birth. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, and then you're like, it has someone drew on it. <laughs> I don't know who did that. Yeah, my funny. mom. That's, funny. that's hilarious. Um, amazing. Do you remember like, um, was there like um, a first song or a DJ or an artist that got you into the dance music scene when you first started it or, or maybe a, a party you went to or, um, well, or was it probably just the, the artist that's had the most influence on me getting involved in music generally is Moby. Oh, okay. And uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, his Go record was one of the albums I learned to DJ with. Oh, wow. Uh, and then um, he had been a DJ and living. He'd moved to Fairfield County mm-hmm. um, in Connecticut. 
Right. And I was living in Fairfield County. Oh. And so I used to joke that we were the only two DJs in Fairfield County. Right. Yeah, his car- career went, went uh, one way and mine went the other. <laughs> DJ Coas. DJ Coas. And, um, and then the, the um, uh, inspiration for me starting in Grooves was Moby's Play Album because Ingrooves initially started out to license uh, dance music from the UK in film and TV commercials because Moby's play album was on, It was I think it was the only album at the time where every song had been licensed to a major TV right. advertisement. Yeah. And uh, everyone was looking That's for insane. more electronic music. And so yeah. I was like, oh, I can, I through my past, I, I want to get all this music uh, and license it to film and TV commercials and I was still in finance at the time and this was like a side hustle right and um, and uh, so I started aggregating all of this music from the UK in like late 2001 early 2002 and I got a, a call from a buddy at, at Apple um, and he was like hey I heard from through our, our mutual friend that yeah. um, you've got all this uh, dance music from London we're about to launch this thing called iTunes do you have the digital rights? And of course I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't. Uh, so I then. Yeah, you know, but as you should, you, as you should. always say uh, yes. Any and good then figure entrepreneur, it out later. Yeah, uh, any good entrepreneur gets over his skis a couple of times. Yes. And so, you know, then called all of the, the labels and said, Hey, you know, I know you gave me the film and TV, you know, sync rights. Um, how about the digital rights? And most of them said, you know, what's that? Right, it was you know, just the beginning of all the of beginning. that. It was just post Napster and everything. And I remember like, having to sign because I would license songs that I would make to movies and stuff, and we would have to, they would send an additional contract later with those digital amendments and yeah. stuff because it didn't even exist in the beginning. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was early days. I mean I, I think I r- wrote the first distribution agreement, and most lawyers said you can't distribute music that way. And I said, "Why not?" This is <laughs> and the way so in groove. So you started in grooves, yeah. which is, th- which was, it th- was it the first digital distribute, digital music distribution um, company. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. Way? It was certainly, uh, it was certainly one of the first, if not the first. Um, and it became the biggest, right? And then it became, yeah. Again, you know, it depends on how you look at the world, <laughs> but um, okay. Uh, I think I, I, among, I tell people among know, the first and the biggest. Well, we we eventually. I mean, the Orchard and Iota were fairly large, yeah. um, and uh, so we. I think we started first by about six six or twelve months, um, and then uh, we got to be the biggest once we once we signed Universal as a client. Uh, obviously, they that kind of was, everything. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of was that that was easy. That made us win that battle, but. Um, yeah, by the time I left, I think about forty percent of the music volume in, in the United States digitally was flowing through the Ingroups platform. Wow! So that was uh, that was humbling and and a good experience. And did you develop a relationship with Moby through that? No. So it, like, do you I, even know each other? No. <laughs> uh, it's That's one of those things where we met briefly at um, Paul Oakenfold's house a couple of years ago. Okay, and you know. It was just one of those things where it's like, oh, this is Rob who started Ingrews, and and uh, Moby's like, oh, hi, and I'm like, oh, hi. You know, that was <laughs> you're like in my head. I've yeah, got this whole story. Yeah, I've got. Well, there's so much I want to tell you. Yeah, and, and um, you know, I'm considering going vegan too. And you know, right, <laughs> I know he owns that restaurant yeah. here, Pine. It's supposed to be amazing. Um, but but uh, yeah, and I, I'd love to. But I, I'm just one of those people that 
I don't seek that stuff out. Um, what you mean? Um, having a relationship with Moby, yeah, like that, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I kind of just let life come to me. So. Of course, yeah, I understand. But I just was. Wondering but if he's if, listening, yeah. Moby, my number is <laughs> Moby. Hit us up, DM. Uh, <laughs> but it's interesting. Ingrid's we'll distributed at the Moby's like a bunch of his. We handle all his mobile and ringtones. Right. That's uh, why I thought maybe he would know because it was the beginning of all of that, yeah. and maybe he would sort of. You know, and he's very into, seems like, all aspects of his yeah. career in the business we'll, and stuff. We'll break bread one day. And, yes, you, you know, will. Um, I so. think it seems like you've lived your life in a way, like you said, where you let things happen in the right time and the right place, and you just make sure you work really hard and then, I guess, kind of flow from here to there. So that that's yeah. another thing that'll happen. Maybe, maybe one day we'll DJ back-to-back. Yes, I think <laughs> so. You'll bring back DJ uh, K. <laughs> DJ uh, we'll Cho ass, <laughs> DJ Cho. That could be pronounced many ways. I guess DJ Cho is not that bad. <laughs> um, that is so cool. Um, cool. Well, Moby, definitely hit us up, dude. Come on, you gotta you gotta have lunch with Rob. He wants to go to your restaurant. We'll put him in the twenty. Well, you can turn him <laughs> vegan. He's open to it. I'm open. <laughs> Are you at all like vegetarian or anything? Or? Oh man, I just I. I, I've tried different things. I've given up everything right. here and there, and I just, at the end of the day, it's I, hard. I try to just be smart, but, you know, when there's a really good burger sitting in front of me, it's just... Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I know. Same. My kid loves burgers, and I'm like, I'm going to stop eating meat, and then, like, he's like, I can't finish this, and I'm like, oh, God, I want to eat it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you're in Italy, and you want, like, prosciutto. Oh, and, God. Yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. Sorry, animals. Sorry, animals, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. But, you know, I think it's good just to know about it. When I was younger, I didn't even know what vegan or any of that stuff was. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, I, did. I mean, I, when I was young, it was like Steakums and uh, <laughs> yeah. Charleston Chews and I, I mean, would put anything in my stomach. I think I ate like endless bologna. I don't even yeah. know what that is. <laughs> and I, I don't think I would feed that to my kid, but for some reason I was eating it endlessly. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. We won't get into that. That's a whole other podcast. You don't want to. We're gonna have a baloney episode Bologna. coming up. Uh, <laughs> there is this spot, best friend in Vegas. It's Roy Choi's restaurant, oh, yeah. and they make like a fried baloney oh, sandwich good. thing, and it's actually really good with a heart attack on the side. <laughs> it's a heart attack, but it's good. Um, well, oh man, there's so much more stuff I want to ask you about. I mean, we're gonna get out of here pretty soon. But do you think so? As far as the real DJs and how you said it was the time of the DJs and but then how technology is moving forward do you think there will be a time where like do you think DJing will continue to grow as humans DJing or will be there be a time where apps and machines are sort of taking over a big part of it um oh, or is I that just not. sort of like far fetched uh i hope not um i think that's pretty far fetched i mean right. i think that the um I think there's room for more DJs because I don't think it's binary. Like yeah. you're either like a a DJ out gigging or you're not, right? Yeah. And don't say you're a DJ because um, you're 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 not. Yeah. The kind of DJ I am, right? So I just think that there can be a broader definition of DJs, and I think it's good for the DJs that do it as a career and are yeah. the most talented right. DJs in the world. Um, but it's good for for. Guys like you, yeah. guys and girls like you, yes. Uh, to have people that appreciate your craft and how good you are at it, and um, maybe they are link subscribers and they uh, have record box and um, you know one of the all-in-one controllers from Pioneer or whatever, yeah. you know. And it's just they've got it at home and they mess around with it, uh, you know, for fun and at parties and 
it's a way for them to engage with music as well uh, in a more interactive way rather than just these lean back playlists. Um, right. So I think there's this there's a room there's room for this community of DJs that's quite large. So um, I'll give you a, some some data yeah, to support please. it. Right. So there's about one to one and a half million sort of pro and hobby DJs out there, people who are willing to um, either get paid for their craft or amazing. spend money on equipment and software to just do it at home. Right? right. But according to our research of our, we have 36 million um, unique visitors to Beatport each year. And 60% of the people that visit Beatport consider themselves to be DJs, however they define DJ. So that's, over 20 million people. Right. Okay? Interesting. So you've got a market that's, you know, even if you cut that in half, anyway, 10 to 20 times the size right. of that we're just not, uh, we're not involving them in the, in the, the DJ community. Right. In a way that allows them to, you know, uh, buy subscriptions, buy software, buy hardware. Right. And, and sort of, gain a deeper appreciation and understanding for the DJ. And again, I think that, you know, I know even now as I've gotten back into it in the last couple of years, um, just playing around at home, mm-hmm. um, like I have a deeper appreciation yeah. you know, when I go to a, a, a live performance and, right. and, um, or sit here and talk to you for, for your craft. And so, yeah. um, I'm more likely to spend money and tell my friends about it. And that helps you. Right. right. So I think that that's, you know, I think that's the opportunity before us as a company is to sort of expand um, the DJ community. Right. And and look, one of the things that always appealed to me and a lot of others about um, DJ culture and electronic music is that it's very inclusive. And so I just think we all need to make sure we remember that as as uh, we look to be more inclusive. Yeah. Uh, of DJs in the future. So we're not getting wiped out by robots. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I think there's room for collaboration in there, honestly. I mean, the the uh, the artificial intelligence and, and algorithm stuff that I've seen is pretty amazing. You know, how it... Um, no, it, like I can find a song and then go down the rabbit hole of, oh, this sounds like this, this sounds like this, you know. And if I could have... If I could almost train my computer to know me and be able to work with me on stuff, that could be cool too. You know, like if it could help, help, I could have some like artificial intelligence person in my computer that knows to help me pick songs for sets. Or I feel like writers of movies and TV shows could use it. Or you know, um, artists, producers. Like you yeah. could have artificial intelligence saxophone player, and you could input only sax players you love so it knows your style you know and then just have it jam out with you and there could be ways who knows like then you could just sit back and eat fried bologna sandwiches (laughs) that's the goal right you know well look i mean (laughs) you know um short answer is yes and that will be there anything that improves your workflow makes you more efficient um, yeah allows you to uh focus your creative talents on other things yeah um, you know add that human element to it is, is certainly great and and coming um we we plan on using ai for things like um education and training uh so using link will have a lot of data about what songs are played in what order or where there's cue points and right. so forth and so we we uh can make recommendations to djs that want to learn how and when other djs are are yeah, uh, you know, playing a song in what order? Right. Um, you know, so you could theoretically, 
again, this is just theoretically, is, uh, uh, you know, it's like, what do I play next? That's always what a DJ wants to know. Well, right. 33% of the world's top 5,000 DJs played this song next. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, too. That's pretty interesting. So, uh, again, just things that, that uh, are out there in the future. I think that that's good for people to know that don't know that many DJs, that when you look up at us and the booth, that is all we're thinking. <laughs> what am I what are we playing next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you can be a few songs ahead, you are very... You're doing really well at that point, you know, because there is sometimes when you're like, what the hell do I yep. do after this, you know? Well, you got to read the room, and that's where I think you know right. people don't necessarily appreciate what DJs do, and you know you've got to feel the emotion of the room and of yeah. the people, and you know know the crowd, and not just go in there with your plan set, you know, and right, and um, I mean at least you know I think the best DJs do that, and yeah, having that emotional connection to the room means you've got to be really emotionally open as a DJ when you walk in there, which yeah can be challenging in in certain environments but um right it's a uh i think it's one of the toughest parts of the job right yeah good crowds energy will make you have good energy and mm-hmm. kind of inspire you to keep thinking and being more creative and and you could take a risk and lose them for a second and come back and there's definitely an art to it that i don't know if any computer would be able to replicate there's no way yeah yeah i just there's there's it's it's uh it's not possible right at, at least, least in now. this at least in our <laughs> comprehensible right. world right now um cool um is there anything else you want to tell the listeners you know about uh like stuff you have coming up in 2020 or there other things besides beat source and beat port and well no yeah i mean look we're really just focused on um beat source and and then the link product for both beat port and beat source uh you know we're we're still in development mode and learning mode and you know mm-hmm. we're we're trying to engage a lot with the DJ community and our customers to hear from them what they need and right you know we're investing heavily in in the future of this business and in our community and we have a lot of great employees uh at Beatport that care passionately about this but um you know we 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 want to hear from everybody right yeah. and and we also you know we want DJs to be uh, hopeful and proactive and and um, uh, engaged with us. So yeah, yeah, we're just we're we're really excited about where we sit and we're in this for the long haul. And so great, um, you know, we're not going anywhere. Amazing. Well, I'm glad to be a part of it too. Thank you and thank you so much for coming on the 20 podcast. Hosting. Yeah, that was great. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments or want to learn anything else, definitely hit us up. We're you know Beat Source on all the platforms. You could send me a direct message to my Instagram at DJ Spider. I don't know if you want to promote any of your social media. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Probably not. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty private on social yeah, media. Yeah, people are gonna but, be um, sending you songs nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, based based on my a and r years from the 20 they may may not want to <laughs> <laughs> you'll be like this song sucks yeah. like it's the biggest <laughs> it's, song in the world it's, thanks it's, yeah. <laughs> now well thank you so much cool. for coming on that was so thank interesting you. and um you know probably have you back once link launches we could learn some more always happy to come back as the site grows so thank you rob mcdaniels for coming on this is the 20 podcast the 20 podcast is produced by beat source join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to djs i'm dj spider we'll see you next time peace